Section three of Whom We Shall Welcome. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Whom We Shall Welcome. Report of the President's Commission on Immigration and Naturalization. Part one. Americans Speak on Immigration. Chapter one B. National Leaders. The record discloses other highly interesting developments. For example, a group of ten of the foremost executives of Protestant organizations of many denominations appeared at the Washington hearings to urge the Commission to recommend the adoption of new immigration policies. The group made a joint presentation of views with the Director of Immigration Services, Department of Church World Service, National Council of Churches of Christ, as the chief spokesman and with supporting statements from those who accompanied him among them were the executive director of the department of international goodwill and other officials of the national council of churches of christ the executive secretary of the committee on displaced persons of the presbyterian church the director of the department of mutual aid brethren service commission and the executive director of the Baptist Joint Committee on Public Affairs, representing the Baptist World Alliance, which includes the Southern Baptist Convention, not a constituent of the National Council. The impressive statements made by these and others, including a representative of the National Lutheran Council, follow those of similar authority and importance made there and at the preceding hearings throughout the country. At the Washington hearings, the Commission also heard the Executive Director of the War Relief Services of the National Catholic Welfare Conference, the Director of the Bureau of Immigration of the National Catholic Welfare Conference, and leading figures of various Jewish organizations devoted to activities on behalf of immigrants. Testimony was also presented by Cabinet officers, other leading public officials important representatives of agriculture business and labor spokesmen for bar associations and for various national scientific welfare civic patriotic veterans and other interested organizations the thoughtful and informed opinions voiced by those with personal experience in the matter and by leaders in professional fields interested for a variety of reasons in the impact of the immigration and naturalization laws and regulations on the economic social and cultural life of the united states as well as the effect on our relationship in the family of nations convinced the commission of the necessity for sweeping changes in immigration policies pros and cons it seems clear that those who took part in the discussions before the commission or who submitted written views represented a large segment of public opinion it is equally clear that by far the greater number of those who expressed views to the commission are in agreement that the act of nineteen fifty two is not based upon sound fundamental principles and that although it did work some improvements the act continued and enlarged many existing discriminations and inaugurated new and serious inequities the sentiment for prompt legislative action was expressed by a leading Protestant official in these words. We do feel very strongly that the law placed upon the statute books in the 
last session of congress is an affront to the conscience of the american people comparatively few of the organizations and individuals appearing before the commission were in favor of the act of nineteen fifty two however well intentioned the statements of approval were generally without documentation of any sort and were seemingly the result either of special benefits conferred by the law or of emotion and deep-rooted fears and prejudices some admitting we are a nation of immigrants expressed the opinion that we had not yet properly digested or integrated many of the later arrivals into our way of life that immigration should now be kept at a minimum or eliminated that eventually the country would not be able to support an increase in population due to immigration that increases in the number of immigrants now authorized would invite unemployment multiply the hazards to security have an adverse effect on the national economy and be productive of other evils and dangers and there were those who think that although discriminations against southern and eastern europeans might be eliminated immigration should be largely limited to europeans on the ground that this nation owes its cultural social and economic concepts and traditions to european civilization and that people of other races and religions cannot be assimilated in any helpful degree this does not mean of course that no arguments in favor of the act of nineteen fifty two supported by objective study of relevant facts exist the fact that the law was enacted by more than a two-thirds vote in both houses of congress over the president's veto would negate such an idea but it is also true that no argument sufficient to meet the overwhelming weight of evidence against the desirability of much of the act of nineteen fifty two were given to the commission likewise the number of those who appeared in opposition to the act of nineteen fifty two and who represented organizations with vast memberships adding up to many tens of millions was large enough to warrant the conclusion that they and not the others accurately expressed the sentiments of the american people general consensus it should be emphasized again that those who oppose the act of nineteen fifty two do not entirely agree on all their reasons nor on what should be substituted in its place some individuals and groups are especially interested in particular provisions which they find detrimental and have concentrated their attention on those to the exclusion of others it is possible however to enumerate certain basic policies urged by practically all of those opposed to the act of nineteen fifty two as shown by the statements oral and written made to the commission they may be summarized as follows one the national origins quota system should be abolished two there should be an overall maximum of annual quota immigration to this country the determination of the total number of quota immigrants permitted to enter during any year should reflect the needs and capacity for absorption of the united states that number under present conditions should be approximately two hundred and fifty thousand three the allocations within this annual quota should be designed to meet emergency situations of great hardship abroad such as continued distress and suffering among refugees expellees escapees 
displaced persons and other victims of communism and other forms of totalitarianism overpopulation and the special and general needs of the united states these are the most important of the proposed policies and provisions affecting the sources and amount of immigration resulting from the information submitted to the commission there is a strong and ever-increasing sentiment against the continuation of a quota system based on national origins the arguments against it generally and as it is written into the act of nineteen fifty two are that it embodies principles inconsistent with the declaration of independence the bill of rights of the constitution of the united states and the institutions of government which have made our nation strong and great and the hope of free peoples everywhere moreover it is argued the national origins quota system is based on unsound theories long since proved invalid fallacies that are becoming more and more dangerous in a troubled world where colonial empires are rapidly disappearing and national pride is strengthening into demands for national independence the national origins quota system is criticized on the ground that it is based on a concept of biologically distinct races and also on the theory that some races are superior to others the act of nineteen fifty two it was said promotes a claim of nordic supremacy discriminates in favor of the nations of western and northern europe especially great britain and ireland and against the nations of southern and eastern europe the near east and asia it was argued that laws which deny the inherent dignity and worth of the individual which deny the equality of man and which embody discriminations based on race creed color and national origin have no place on our statute books and are a denial of all we profess to be and believe such laws it was contended are detrimental to our foreign policies are the source of much antagonism and bitterness against us impair our relationships with other nations and leave us prey to damaging propaganda by those who promote an ideology that would substitute a police state for individual freedoms national origins quota system the national origins quota system purports to fix immigration quotas on the basis of the national origins of our population but the act does not do this it uses the national origins of the population of nineteen twenty not of nineteen fifty it excludes from consideration negroes american indians and other non-white people thus it fails to take into account the national origins of the current population complaint was made that the assignment of quotas on such a basis disregarded the fact that the nations receiving the largest quotas did not use them although the permissible total quota was approximately one hundred and fifty four thousand annually during the last twenty years an average of but fifty four thousand ninety five quota numbers were used annually immigration fell to a trickle during world war two and this helped to bring down the twenty-year average but in the other years during that period the national origins quota system alone has held normal immigration to a figure ranging annually from one-third to a little over one-half of the total authorized it was argued to the commission that if it was thought in nineteen twenty four when the quota system was enacted 
that approximately a hundred and fifty four thousand immigrants annually was a reasonable amount such a total is unrealistic today in view of the changed conditions our greatly expanded economy and our need for additional manpower many of the witnesses urged the commission as a minimum to recommend legislation under which unused quotas would be redistributed to the nations with long waiting lists practically all who favor changes in existing laws ask that action be taken to cancel the mortgages on annual quotas the provision in the displaced persons act of nineteen forty eight as amended under which the displaced persons already admitted are charged against fifty per cent of future quotas in one instance to the year twenty two seventy four the commission was repeatedly told that the national origins quota system is the product of fear fear of strange people languages and customs an unfounded belief that people of western and northern europe and their descendants make better citizens than immigrants from other areas the proud record of immigrants from those other areas in times of peace as well as war was cited as proof that the united states has nothing to fear from the repeal of policies which have been harmful at home and which have created enemies abroad the burden of the discussion on this phase of the problem was to the effect that we can no longer afford to indulge ourselves in policies based on mistaken theories themselves inconsistent with the principles we preach great emphasis was placed in opposition to the national origin system on the fact that it is inflexible and does not allow room for consideration of the conditions under which more than ten million persons refugees expellees escapees and displaced persons of various categories are living in the europe of today was agreed that the united states alone cannot solve this problem but many insisted that some additional action is imperative and promptly to encourage other nations in a position to help and to give some hope to desperate human beings innocent victims of totalitarian lust for power other action needed earnest pleas have been made to the commission to recommend special programs for the reception and care as well as immigration of escapees those who break through the iron curtain and reach what for them is the promised land unfortunately in too many instances the promise is found to be illusory the commission was told no adequate provision for them has yet been made the failure of the free nations adequately to care for those who risk their lives for freedom is a powerful propaganda weapon in the hands of the communists there was unanimous agreement that as to all immigrants no matter what their race or creed or color or national origin stringent security measures should be enforced precautions against the admission of subversives criminals or other undesirables were favored as were safeguards on health and other such grounds powerful appeals were made to the commission for recommendation for prompt action to relieve the distress caused by overpopulation and by great numbers of refugees expellees escapees and others who live in and out of camps without hope and without prospects for the future unless rescued through the mercy of their more fortunate fellow-men it was suggested that provision should be made to accept a maximum of one hundred thousand of such persons annually 
at least for a period of three years and that this number should be included in an overall maximum of two hundred and fifty thousand annually for a like period of time the commission was asked to recommend that admissions be permitted on a family basis to avoid situations where the breadwinners on this side of the ocean are unable to bring their closest relatives to join them and are separated indefinitely the heartbreak caused by these separations and the resulting futility of efforts to restore well-ordered family life is incalculable besides increasing instead of lessening the burden on the nations in whose economic strength we have a stake the commission heard much discussion as to the size of the overall annual quota various figures were suggested and in order to obtain a documented basis for a recommendation the commission sought advice from scientists from public officials from census experts from those experienced in labor agricultural and industrial fields and from others whose knowledge and experience would shed light on the subject the result is set forth in the record of hearings the attention of the commission was directed to the provisions of the act of nineteen fifty two for the determination of quota areas within the asia pacific triangle and for the limitation of quotas assigned to colonies or other dependent areas of a governing country these provisions it was suggested have the effect of deliberately discriminating on account of race and color to such an extent as practically to deny all immigration except for a token amount to the people in the areas described the commission was told for example that the jamaicans formerly within the quota assigned to great britain are restricted by the device of treating colonies separately to a quota of one hundred annually instead of the approximately one thousand who have been arriving annually a reduction of ninety per cent the japanese and chinese in whose behalf the naturalization laws were liberalized are also given a negligible quota the commission was told that the new law is a mixture of discriminations based on nationality and on race irrespective of nationality and on geography irrespective of any other factor persons of as much as one-half asiatic blood are charged by the nineteen fifty two act to the asiatic country of either of their parents without regard to the fact that they may have been born and bred elsewhere administration of the law many of those who had experience with or who had studied the administrative features of current laws and regulations criticized the requirement that visa applications be processed through the officials of two different departments the original application is made abroad to the appropriate counselor service of the state department if he rejects the application there is no appeal if the council grants a visa and the immigrant comes to this country he is met at the port of entry by an officer of the immigration and naturalization service of the department of justice the justice department is not bound by any action taken by the state department and the applicant after making the long and expensive journey to america may be refused entry although possessed of a valid visa this has happened and is partly responsible for the argument that it is inefficient and wasteful for the united states to have two separate agencies with like duties and responsibilities engaged in the same operation 
one at the gates to this country and the other in foreign countries it was suggested that all immigration matters be combined in one agency of government so that when an applicant receives a visa he will be assured of admission except for intervening causes the hoover commission took note of this situation and recommended that all authority over immigration including the issuance of visas be centered in one agency and proposed that the agency be the department of justice most of those who appeared before the commission had no definite views as to whether the consolidation if made should be in the justice department or the state department or in a separate administrative agency there was sentiment against leaving the administration of immigration affairs in the justice department on the ground that the department is essentially a litigating and prosecuting agency and that there is no particular reason why the administrative functions should remain there before its transfer to justice the immigration and naturalization service was attached to the labor department and the officials there believe it should be returned still others urged that an independent agency should be established to administer all immigration laws criticism of the law many other objections to the act of nineteen fifty two were submitted to the commission witnesses objected to the unreviewable discretion of minor officials to deny visas the commission was told that the prohibitions of the nineteen fifty two act apply with great severity to those who may have been convicted overseas of political offenses under the very system that challenges all the free peoples of the world there was insistent condemnation of the provisions enlargening unreasonably it was said the grounds for exclusion and deportation and heavy criticism of retroactive provisions under which deportation is authorized against long-time residents for actions which may have been entirely innocent and inoffensive at the time they were taken some urged that there should be no deportation except for illegal entry on the ground that deportation was banishment and the effect upon family independence was grossly unfair a punishment of severity frequently far in excess of the crime much concern was expressed about changes brought about by the nineteen fifty two act and the naturalization law there was widespread attack against provisions discriminating between native and naturalized citizens and making second-class citizens of the latter objection was voiced to the enlargement of grounds for denaturalization and to their retroactive effect it was contended that if any naturalized citizen commits an offence except for fraud in obtaining citizenship he should be punished in the same way as a native-born citizen and not be subjected to loss of citizenship and deportation strong representations were made to the commission that the punishment of exile for aliens and naturalized citizens was a relic of the feudal ages others urged upon the commission considerations of fair procedure fair hearings and proper administrative and judicial review representatives of important business enterprises protested against provisions which they felt unduly and unreasonably affected the efficient conduct of their business in the united states and in foreign countries the attorney general pointed out that from the standpoint of effective administration 
the immigration and nationality act of nineteen fifty two requires amendment and clarification and further that a number of the sections are ambiguous and otherwise defective one of the sections a reenactment of previous law has been declared invalid by a federal district court some of the attorney general's objections go to the act as a whole because of its bad arrangement and inferior draftsmanship other officials cited specific sections containing inconsistencies the effect of some of which is to place unnecessary and costly burdens on the administrative agency and make the act difficult of interpretation and enforcement some professors of law informed the commission that they had great difficulty in understanding the language of the act of nineteen fifty two conclusion this summarizes many but not all of the complaints against the act of nineteen fifty two submitted to the commission during the course of the hearings and in written statements filed subsequently the recent immigration legislation was described by those in opposition as the product of isolationism of baseless fears and prejudices and a shameful retreat from the principles embodied in the organic laws of our nation it was pictured as an arrogant brazen instrument of discrimination based on race creed color and national origin a return to approval of ex post facto offenses and punishments weapons of tyranny which liberty-loving peoples have fought since the dawn of civilization the consensus was to the effect that the immigration and nationality act of nineteen fifty two injures our people at home causes much resentment against us abroad and impairs our position among the free nations great and small whose friendship and understanding is necessary if we are to meet and overcome the totalitarian menace the gist of the appeal to the commission was for a fresh look at the problem with the hope for legislation based on humanitarian principles designed to fulfill our duties and obligations to suffering mankind and adequate for our needs and for our security end of section three